hallelujah gloria hallelujah gloria hallelujah praise the lord jesus 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 is the lamb jesus jesus is the lamb Jesus Jesus is a lamb that was slain glory gloria hallelujah gloria hallelujah gloria hallelujah praise the lord Father Almighty, we want to bless your name once again for the salvation of our souls. We want to give you all glory and honor for everything you've done for us in the past. We want to thank you because you are the Almighty God. You are the Lord of hosts and you have never lost a war. We give you glory and honor because we know You have never been defeated, so you will not be defeated. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for every blessing. We thank you, Lord God Almighty, because we know that as long as you are on your throne, all will be well. So, Father, accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Today, as your word is going forth, We pray that the power in your word will bring healings to all those who are sick and will bring deliverance to those who are in captivity. We pray that every one of your children listening to us today will receive a very special divine touch in Jesus' name. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we please be seated. We want to thank the Almighty God that uh, some of us will be able to begin to gather again as um, from next Sunday. I believe some of you are already gathering in some parts of the world, and uh, we believe that you will now begin to enjoy the power of corporate prayers once again. But as you gather together uh, in all those places where you are free to gather, please remember those of us who cannot gather with you yet because uh, people like me and my wife cannot gather together with you in Lagos because we are over... 65 years of age. Uh, My grandchildren cannot gather with you yet because they are under 15 years of age. Uh, So remember us in prayer and uh, so that very soon we'll be able to join you. And please keep praying. In fact, now that you are able to pray together corporately, I'm sure your prayers will be far, far more effective against this uh, plague 
so that very soon all will be well. For those of you who are still at home, I think I will be reaching out to you again for a couple of weeks more. Uh, for those of you who can gather together, uh, your pastors now can go back to their assignments. If they still want to join those of us who are still locked down, they are welcome, of course. We're going to look at Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3. From verse 1 to 8, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3, from verse 1 to 8. And I'll be talking on from lockdown to leaping up. From lockdown to leaping up. And it will be a series. So this will be Part 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked, and arms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. And lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. My prayer for every one of you listening to us today is that very soon you will move from lockdown to leaping up in Jesus' name. Man is born free, but is everywhere in chains, was what one great philosopher said. Man is born free, but everywhere is in chains. The hunger for freedom is so intense in man that any opportunity they have to be free, they will grab it. For example, in Mark chapter 5, from verse 2 to 4, Mark 5, 2 to 4, in the story of the madman of Gadara, As mad as he was, he wanted to be free. The Bible said, even though he was changed, I mean, chained by fetus of iron, he would pluck the fetus aside because 
he wanted to be free. Every man had a deep hunger for freedom. Now, there is something worse than physical lockdown. You, you find that one of the biggest punishments you can give to a criminal is to lock him down in prison. But there something worse than physical lockdown, and that is mental lockdown. And of course, the worst of them all is spiritual lockdown. For example, let's take the example of Adam. Adam was a very strong man. According to Genesis chapter 2, from verse 7 to 15, Genesis 2, 7 to 15, the Bible tells us that he was the one given the assignment of dressing the Garden of Eden. And the Garden of Eden, if you study your Bible very well, was a very big garden. Uh, if we are to believe Bible scholars, that garden is bigger than Lagos State. And yet, only one man was put in charge. But he wasn't just strong physically. He was very strong intellectually. When you read Genesis chapter 2 from verse 19 to 20, Genesis 2, 19 to 20, you will discover that he was the one who named all animals, all birds, animals of all types. I mean, this man was probably the greatest professor of zoo ever. But when he sinned, he was locked down mentally. With all his mental abilities, oh, he became practically a vagabond. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the problem with mental lockdown. You see, because if someone is mentally locked down, uh, a lot of terrible things could happen to such a fellow. Um, and how do we know that something is wrong mentally, that someone is mentally locked down? Well, one of the ways we can know is that the fellow will begin to regard the routine as if that is the normal. Uh, even though the routine might be far, far from the best, but having been locked down mentally, the fellow is going to begin to treat the routine as if that is the best that could ever happen to him. For example, in Acts chapter 3 that we read, if you look at verses 2 and 3, Acts 3, 2 and 3, this layman regarded 
begging for arms as the best thing that could ever happen to him. Every day of his life, he had been a beggar. So anytime he saw someone coming, he begged for arms. I mean, in one nation of the world, one of, a girl, one of the girls in the church was asked a simple question. What would you like to become when you grow up? He said, a house help. Why? He said, because my mother was a house help. And my grandmother was a house help. So as far as he's concerned, the normal that he could expect or she could expect or hope for is also become a house help. So today, I want to ask you to be aware of what I will call your mental enemies. There are certain enemies that could lock you down mentally. And we have to deal with that so that after the physical lockdown, by the special grace of God, you will be able to live up. Enemy number one. To be average is the enemy of being clever. There are many, many people who are satisfied with being average. When I was a lecturer in the university, there are students who would say, all I want is let my people go. What that word means is, just give me an ordinary pass and let me get out of here. They never aimed for anything higher. In Second Chronicles chapter 1 from verse 6 to 12, 2 Chronicles 1 verse 6 to 12, when we talk about Solomon asking God for wisdom, there are many a times when some people want to make us believe that it is because Solomon was so dull that the only thing he could ask for when God asked him what he wanted was to ask for wisdom. But Solomon wasn't that dull. As a matter of fact, there was a statement that I remember very well our teacher used to uh, tell us way back in the 1950s when I was at Elisha Grammar School. And he would say, he who does not know, but knows that he does not know, will soon be a wise man. He who doesn't know and knows that he doesn't know is already on the way to wisdom. But then he will say, he who does not know and does not know that he does not know, we die a fool. Even if Solomon wasn't wise 
at least he realized that he wasn't wise. That's why he got his way into wisdom. And he ended up becoming one of the wisest people who ever lived. There are many people who are satisfied with what they call common sense. But there's something far, far better than ordinary common sense. Enemy number two, mental enemy number two, is what is called good enough. Good enough is the greatest enemy of greatness. When you think, ah, things are okay by now, I'm okay, things are good enough for me, I don't want to go any higher. If you accept good enough, you may never become great. Let's give me, let me give you an example. Take First Kings chapter 19, from verse 19 to 21. First Kings 19, from verse 19 to 21. It tells all the story of Elisha. Elisha was the son of a very wealthy farmer. If we're going to go by the modern uh, way of looking at that story, there were 12 tractors walking in the farm of his father. And he was the overseer of them all. He was the one to inherit everything. So when you want to talk about good enough, ah, that boy could say, things, <laughs> things are good, man. I have a lot laid up for me. If he had settled for that, he would never have become one of the greatest prophets ever. I mean, so great that in 2 Kings chapter 13, from verse 14 to 21, 2 Kings 13, from verse 14 to 21, not only were kings calling him father, the former son of a farmer could even raise the dead with his dead bones. Are you saying things are good enough now? So you don't want to go any higher? Please change your mind. Change your mind and do so immediately. I've told the story before of my headmaster way back in 1952. My headmaster then was what they would call in those days a certificated teacher. That means he had been to St. Andrew's College. And St. Andrew's Teacher Training College in those days was, uh, oh, more or less the university for many people. In 1952, the then University College of Ibadan, now UI, was a very young university, just about four years old. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, very few people ever even dream of that. So to come from, to be a graduate of uh, St. Andrew College of Foyo, oh my, you have arrived. I could remember very well the day he came to take up the job uh, Tifewara, 
Oh, the hunters were there to welcome him with God's salute. He was a big man. When a European man came visiting the village in those days, he was the one they called to come and interpret. Whether I interpreted correctly or not, who knows? So he, he felt at the top of the world. 1952. Then in 1977, I got a letter from him. At that time, I was a lecturer at the University of Lagos. He wrote to me and he said, I heard that you, one of my former students, you are now a lecturer at the University of Lagos. Could you help me to gain admission to the University of Lagos to do associateship diploma in education? Not a degree, a diploma. The world left him behind because things were good enough in 1952. By 1977, certificated teacher does not mean much anymore. Don't let good enough rob you of greatness. The greatest enemy of all, the greatest enemy of all is for you to think you are already great. And you don't need anything more. Great is the greatest enemy of complete. You can be great but incomplete. For example, in Second Kings chapter four, verse eight to seventeen, Second Kings chapter four, verse eight to seventeen, the Bible talks about a great woman of Shunem. She was great. The Bible says she was great. But when the man of God asked her, what can we do for you? She said, I don't need anything more. I'm already great. And yet, she was barren. Great, but incomplete. I pray for all of you who already feel you are great. That during this period, everything else you need to be complete, the Almighty God will reveal to you Amen. and give you the grace to reach out for it. Amen. Now, from lockdown to leaping up, your journey upward begins when, number one, you sense that what you are calling normal is not good enough. i give you an example. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. The disciples of Jesus Christ were having a nice time, a great time. The Lord was there praying for them. But these disciples came to him and said, Sir, teach us to pray. We too want to know how to pray. The moment you begin to feel normal, 
could be better. The moment you become number two aware that things can be much better, your journey upward begins. For example, you begin to feel that things can be much better because maybe you have known better days. In Mark chapter 8, from verse 22 to 24, Mark 8, 22 to 24, the Bible tells us about a man who was blind and they brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus uh, spit on his eyes and touched him, uh, he asked him, what do you see? He said, oh, I see men like trees. That means before he became blind, he had seen trees before. Otherwise, how will he be comparing men to trees? He had known better days. So he told the Lord, things are not okay yet. Things are better, but uh, I would prefer to see men as men. When you begin to talk of good old days, you need to leap up. You shouldn't be talking of good old days. You should be thinking of good new days. Better new days. When you become aware that God reserves the best till the last, then your journey upward begins. I mean, John chapter 2 from verse 1 to 11. John 2 verse 1 to 11. You know the, 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 the wedding in Canaan of Galilee. And uh, they ran out of wine. You know the story. They ran out of wine. Jesus changed water to wine. Uh, the MC said, oh, everybody served the best wine first, but you have reserved the best wine till the last. That is God's pattern. He reserves the best till the last. Consider Abraham. In Genesis chapter 24, from verse 34 to 35. Genesis 24, 34 to 35. The Bible said Abraham was great. But by the time you get to Isaac, in Genesis 26, from verse 12 to 14... Genesis 26 from verse 12 to 14, the Bible said Isaac was very great. I'm sure you heard me crying to the Almighty God, praying that my children will be greater than I. And that's you, those of you listening to me. And you are going to be greater than I, whether you believe it or not, because God answers my prayers. I know one of my children said to me, oh, daddy, how can that be? I mean, you fast all the time, you pray almost all the night. Anyone who wants to be greater than you oh, will probably not eat at all. I said, don't rule out God. It didn't stop there. 
by the time you get to Genesis chapter 30 from verse 27 to 43, Genesis 30 from verse 27 to 43, you discover that Jacob was exceedingly great. Grandpa was great. Pa was very great. And then the son, Isaac, grace became exceeding great. But he didn't stop there. When you go down the line, you will find coming out of the same family, a fellow called Joseph. Greater than all of them rolled together. I want to encourage you because uh, they said that those of you, just in case those of you who are gathering, want to uh, key into the, our sermon. They, they said sermon should not be longer than 30 minutes, so I will make this one brief. I want you to follow my example. You have heard again and again people say, Oh, glory be to God. Now we have arrived. And I keep telling them, we have not even started. That should be the principle guiding your life. Don't get mentally locked down. The first time they told me we have arrived, we had the first auditorium. The first auditorium was 100 meters by 50 meters. And they said, no, 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 this is the biggest in Africa. We have arrived. I told them we haven't even started. We kept on expanding, kept on expanding by the grace of God because I refused to be tied down mentally. Your prayer today will be that the almighty God will enlarge your coast, that he will sharpen your vision, that from lockdown you will soon be leaping up. But the journey to the top begins on your knees. Everyone who had leapt up started being on their knees first. So today, as soon as I close, you go on your knees and cry to the Almighty God. I say, you want to go up, you are not satisfied with being down. On your knees implies also to those of you who are yet to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you better go on your knees and cry unto him. For the salvation of your soul, you have to kneel down at the foot of the cross first before your upward journey can begin. Shall we please pray? So those of you who are yet to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you better go on your knees now and cry unto him for the salvation of your soul. Fall down at his feet. And your journey to the top will begin immediately. And those of us who are already sure of our salvation, for one minute, please intercede for those who are yet to be born again. That the almighty God who saved your soul will save their own souls also. Pray that the almighty God will wash away their sins and give them a brand new beginning. Thank you, my father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. And so, my Father, my God, I want to bless your holy name for your word. 
And I want to thank you for those who are surrendering their lives to you right now. Every one of them, Father, please receive, forgive, save their souls. Let your blood wash away their sins. Receive them into the family of God and give them a brand new beginning. And Lord God Almighty, as many as of your children as will cry unto you today, say, we don't want to stay in the valley. We want to move higher up. Lord God Almighty, grant their request. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I believe this message has really blessed your life. And if you have just given your life or rededicated your life to Jesus Christ, please send an SMS or a WhatsApp message titled Saved to any of these phone numbers. Plus 234-706-497-9797 or plus 234-810-383-0237 or plus 234 234- 803-722-1550 or plus 234-805-504-1394. Also, you can send an email to altercall at ourccg.org. Thank you and God bless you.